Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition episode of the Jack and Jock Show. Uh, since we have not given any official predictions on the season, we wanted to give you guys a special podcast, but more importantly, we want to get our thoughts out there on what we think this team is going to be, so that, so that if we are right, we want everybody to know that we are the best analysts out there regarding Purdue basketball. But first and foremost, I want to welcome back my co-host, Jack. He is from, uh, he's currently residing in Kansas City. That's where he has a full-time job. Um, It's good to have you back, man. Yeah, I'm excited to get this season underway. You know, just with work life, instead of being in college, I totally forgot the season was starting up so soon. And I mean, it's so much of scrub teams to start, but it'll get going pretty quickly. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Everybody better watch out because uh, this is the best Purdue basketball duo uh, that is out there. And Easily. Everyone, everyone deserves to listen to us. Easily. Uh, we are the original Boilermaker basketball podcast. There were other Boilermaker podcasts out there before us, so I don't want to take credit for that. But specifically Purdue basketball, that's our thing. We're yep. coming back. We're coming back to take our territory. Watch out, everybody else. But anyways, let's get into the basketball. Uh, Before I get to this season, I want to first give a very short uh, shout out to the guys that signed today. Today was National Signing Day uh, in college basketball, and Purdue signed a really, really solid class, including Eric Hunter Jr. Jr. from Indy, who is a guard, Travion Williams from Detroit, Michigan, Motor City, and Emmanuel Dawuna. I don't know exactly how to say that name, so if I got that wrong, I apologize. He is from Miami, Florida. He's a big, big center. Couldn't be happier with this class. We're going to get into a lot more detail on that um, in some of the future games. We'll probably break down each one of them individually, but I wanted to give them a a really short shout-out, and I can't wait to have you guys on campus to see what you can do. But anyways... Yeah. So if if you have a, what's your, give me a 10 second thought on the class. Uh, really impressed with it. I think it's our best class in years, probably since, oh, I would say uh, the sophomore class with, um, shoot, none of them were still there, but with Kendall Stevens and that kind of group, uh, even though it didn't turn out that well, it was kind of a similar style class ratings wise. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to break down Purdue's non-conference schedule since there's a lot of games. So mm-hmm. the first thing I just want to get out of the way, uh, there's six games that should be auto wins for this Purdue team. Uh, Southern Illinois University, Chicago State, Fairfield, IUPUI, Tennessee State, and Lipsicum. Um, this is throughout the season. Do you see anything that Purdue needs to worry about in those six games? Oh, we better not. I mean, uh, if we do, then this season is going to be uh, we're going to be in trouble. But isn't Chicago State one of uh, Swanigan's last like top five schools he had? Or is that am I getting it that was? Wrong? Yeah, I, I good. That's a good little nugget right there. You're starting off strong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of Swanigan's last schools. I believe uh, yeah. it was in his top five because. Yeah. I believe the coach had connections with his AAU coach. I don't know if that's for sure the reason. But uh, congrats, uh, Chicago State, for being in uh, Biggie Swanigan's top five. Little shout-out there to him. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, yeah, those games should be auto wins. There's nothing on that schedule that would say uh, we have any worry, <clears throat> any reason to worry about that. 
so I don't want to dive too far into those. Anyways, but I do want to talk about the big games that are on Purdue's schedule, and we will go in uh, order that we will see these games happen. And the first game is at Marquette on November mm-hmm. 14th. That's less than a week away, actually. Wow. Marquette is currently 49th in the Ken Palm rankings, and we're ranked 7th in the Big East based on the power rankings that Sports Illustrated did. This is going to be an interesting game for Purdue. It, it gives them right off the bat a chance at a top twenty or a top fifty RPI win, most likely, uh, assuming that Ken Palm's rankings and the RPIs uh, fall closely into play, place. They usually are. They usually are close. So, to me, <laughs> I know it's the second game of the season, but this could be a potential trap game in my mind because Marquette is always a solid, solid program. They're well-coached with Steve Wojciechowski there. I, I'm i a little nervous about this game. I'm not going to lie. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like we should go in there and take care of business, but at the same time, it is a road game, um, which, you know, they're never easy. Um, and if we lose, it's not the end of the world, but at the same time, you're right. This is a game that they should take care of if we want to be a good team, um, which I believe we can be a, a really good team this year. You might have differing opinions but yeah I, I agree this is kind of one of those like oh shoot if we lose this you know i wouldn't be surprised yeah i i i definitely agree with that and i love the fact that we are scheduling these early season games that are potentially tough games for us yeah because you're absolutely right losing these games down the road do not matter that much especially because purdue has just so many potential good wins on this schedule in the non-conference, it is, it is absolutely nuts. I mean, yeah, you should be excited, Boilermaker fans, for this non-conference schedule because it's amazing. We're gonna get to all the good games, but there are a ton of them. Um, and one thing that I have to mention is that Purdue played a secret scrimmage uh, mm. this past weekend against West Virginia, Press Virginia, and apparently Purdue slaughtered them. And West yeah. Virginia is a uh, top ten team right now in the country. And let me tell you that that kind of made me nervous about what my predictions have been so far. So I, I know that changing my predictions based on a scrimmage that I didn't even see is a gutsy move, but uh, you'll, you'll have to wait to the end of the podcast to see what, if, if that actually did. But I think we both agree that Marquette potentially a trap game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Marquette is always a great venue they have a great student section. They have a great just basketball culture up there in general. So yep. I'm excited to see the Boilermakers play this team. Yeah, um, especially this early, for sure. Oh, yeah. And then uh, a week after that, a week and a day after that begins. <laughs> this is going to be exciting. Yeah. This is this is what we're waiting for, to be honest. Uh, the Battle for Atlantis tournament starts in the Bahamas. And I know... Let's just be honest about this. The Purdue players are excited for this. Um, and this is this is one of the great things about playing at a, a big, uh, a big Big Ten program and basically any good Division One program. You you get to go to the Bahamas in November. Yeah. And we're Purdue's located in Indiana. What what's not to like about that? Yeah, I, I know this is. Uh... This is one of the bigger tournaments. In the past few years, we have been seeing Purdue getting these improved tournaments. 
I remember, you know, uh, back in like 2012 when I was a freshman, uh, pretty much when I started watching Purdue basketball, um, we were going to these kind of dinky little tournaments here and there. And, oh, well, they have one or two teams. No, this is a premier tournament, early season tournament, um, which is great around the holidays, you know, right around Thanksgiving. So you got games after games. Um, and hopefully Purdue can go deep in this one. Yeah, it's a three-day stretch. I actually saw a tweet uh, this evening from Chris Foreman, Purdue's SID, that uh, one guy had this non-conference tournament ranked as the second-best non-conference tournament of the entire season, so that's exciting to see. But without further ado, Purdue's first matchup in this tournament is Tennessee, which is a pretty darn good draw for this tournament, and Purdue should win this easily as... uh, uh, they Tennessee has a pretty high Ken Palm rating. They're 43rd, but they're uh, based on Sports Illustrated power rankings. They're 13th in the SEC. Mm. I don't see this being a loss for Purdue. I think that they'll come in motivated, knowing that if they lose in the first round, they are in trouble. The, yeah. I, I don't want to call it a must win, but for seeding come tournament time, and it's crazy that we're already talking about potential seeding, in November, before the regular season has even started, we're looking that far ahead. But that Tennessee game, you have to win that if you're Purdue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, especially because if you look down the line of who you have the potential to play after that game, it makes all the difference. Because if we win this game, then you're looking at, and we can get to this game in a second, but potentially Nova a little rematch there. And you want to get those wins. Even if you lose that game, that's better to lose to them than losing to a a lesser opponent after losing to Tennessee. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Losing to Tennessee would basically eliminate that opportunity to play Villanova. And instead of playing Villanova, you'd be playing Western Kentucky. Yeah, that's not... I mean, even if you got that win there, it's... Because if we look at it this way, look at it this way. If we lose to Tennessee and beat Western Kentucky... Or yeah, well, that's uh, a win and a loss. If you beat Tennessee and lose to Nova, it's still a win and a loss, but it's a totally different story because of the competition level. It means nothing. It means absolutely, right. absolutely nothing. If you lose in the first round, the best you can do in the tournament is fourth place. So that's a must win. Purdue has to win, and that's how I've assumed uh, that this will go. So I don't even want to talk about Western Kentucky because that that's no. just some bad juju. Um, so we're going to talk about Purdue winning that game. And then they will have a matchup the very next night with Villanova, who's currently ranked first in Ken Palm's ratings, first in the Big East power rankings on SI, and a top five team in the country. Holy moly. I am excited for this potential matchup. I'm scared for it. I'm going to be very honest. I'm very scared for it. But I am glad to get the chance at them again. Uh, of course, they have Jalen Brunson coming back, who was a Purdue uh, potential recruit at one time. We couldn't get our hands on him, but he is fantastic. And Dante DiVincenzo is also a fantastic piece at Villanova. I'll be honest, I don't see Purdue winning this game. Villanova typically has a good formula against us, and they have superior athleticism, which, again, this year, and we can get into that, is going to be the crux for the Boilermakers because our our strength is not athleticism. So no. I, I'm glad we get to play Villanova, and I think there's a shot we could win. There's always a shot with Purdue because the team is that talented. But 
in my mind, I don't see this being a Purdue win. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, well, first off, let's start off. You have some turkey dinner. You come you come to the TV, and what do you got? You got this incredible matchup, potential, obviously. But you have this incredible matchup on Thanksgiving night. It's going to be amazing. Um, I can't wait for this game just like you. Uh, I remember us playing them last year. We, we had a crack at the champs last year, and uh, we fell short. We fell short, and that was at our home field. That was in Mackey, which I'm sure I wasn't there. I'm sure was ro- absolutely rocking. So on a neutral court, yeah, it's going to be a totally different story. Um, I I don't see us winning this game, but at the same time, I don't think uh, I would be surprised if we did. Uh, I think it would be an incredible win and really ramp up the expectations for this season. But unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be a win. Like you said, they're too talented um, and and a lot more athletic than we are. And without Biggie, you know, at last year, a double double machine, twenty and ten, almost every night you could count on. Uh, you don't have that this year. You don't have this this year. So uh, probably not a win. But man, it's just going to be a great game, and I think it's going to go down to the wire regardless. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point. Uh, missing Biggie brings up one of the biggest weaknesses of the team this year that I think is going to be a problem is rebounding. I do not know who is going to be able to step up and be that one guy that just grabs rebounds. The past few years, we've had uh, AJ Hammonds who would Mm -hmm. grab rebounds. We've had Biggie. Biggie last year basically took the role of two people rebounding. He averaged 12 rebounds a game, which is incredible. So Isaac Haas is a pathetic rebounder for his height. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. He is what he is. And I Nothing's talked about changing. that last podcast. Nothing's changing. And that could hurt us in Villanova because I have a feeling that what's going to happen is we're going to be shooting a lot of three pointers. And unless we can get some offensive rebounds to get some second chances, I don't see us winning that game. I hope we do. It'll be tough. But let's get on to the next one. First of all, let's assume we lose. Right. Um, I want to just hit this for a second we would play most likely nc state uh their 109th ken palm 13th in acc pretty sad um yeah. that would be a win i i i agree i, you, I think if yeah, you finish two, if you finish two and one with your only loss is villanova i wouldn't i would say that was i don't know if i'd call it a successful trip but it's an adequate trip you'd it, be okay with do, it yeah it'll 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 do You'd be okay with it. You you wouldn't come out with any big wins, but you also wouldn't come out with any big losses. Right. The only thing that makes me somewhat nervous about that game is that I could see them possibly getting a little down on themselves for not beating Nova, mm. but since it's such a senior-led team, I don't think that would happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the the uh, leadership on this team should be unreal this year, so that that should definitely play into it. And they hopefully they don't play down to the level of competition there. Yeah, I don't see Purdue, Purdue should not lose a lot of close games this year. I think with their experience and leadership, I think I'll feel very good in close games. But anyways, let's assume let, let's go down a little highway where Purdue beats Villanova, which is. Obviously, the highway we want to keep going on. We don't want to get off at the exit where we lose. So Arizona, currently third in the Ken Palm rankings, first in the Pac-12 power rankings. Again, another top 10 team for Purdue to potentially beat. Man, that is is an intriguing matchup. 
because the interesting thing about Arizona is they are coached by Sean Miller, whose brother is now coaching at IU, Archie Miller, who I I think he's actually going to be great for IU, but that's another story. But Sean Miller is kind of like Matt Painter in the sense that he doesn't always perform well in the tournaments. Um, Arizona always has very high expectations going into the NCAA tournament, and a lot of times they fail to live up to those uh, expectations. So I think it'd be a very interesting matchup to have Painter versus Miller in that finals. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this. I think if Purdue makes it to this game, I actually think they win this game. I think that if they make it to the championship, they're leaving with some hardware. Yeah, I mean, if you can get past Nova, you definitely have a shot at this Arizona game. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can't say too much more about this game and how huge, huge of a win this game would be. I mean, if they win, if they, I guess if they win this outright, if they play Tennessee, Villanova, and Arizona, as we were predicting, as the winning path, uh, I mean, the expectations on campus and, and, and Boilermaker Nation would be absolutely huge, I think. I think at that point, you're thinking you're going to have a special year, and it's just not going to be, let's get in the tournament and see how far we go. It's going to be, hey, we beat two of the best teams in the entire country. Two of the teams that are expected to be there in the end. Why can't we be there in the end? So, yeah, I mean, and I kind of agree with you at that point with Villanova. If they win that game then I think they're going to be riding high. They're going to have so much confidence and swagger going into that Arizona game and just, you know, take care of business. Take care of business. Yeah, we we will absolutely know a lot about this team after five games because, uh, first of all, I think we'll know what our, potent- <clears throat> our potential ceiling is for this team. I think we'll find out if we actually have any possibility – of doing something in the NCAA tournament. Because if we can't even compete with a team like Villanova, if we just get run out of the gym on a neutral court, which is what the tournament is going to be, right? then I think Purdue Boilermaker fans will have to somewhat temper expectations and hope for a Big Ten championship and then just hope for a magical run in the NCAA tournament. If they make it to the finals, if they beat Villanova and even lose to Arizona or they beat them both, then you're riding high. Then you're thinking, right. man, this team can compete with anybody because they just competed against two fantastic basketball teams. So, yep. And and not only that, but if Purdue wins that tournament, they are a top ten team, no doubt oh, about yeah. it. Yeah, they might be close to a top five team. Uh, if they win those, I think so. Yes, they'd be five and zero. Oh. They would have beaten one really solid Marquette team and then two top ten opponents. So. That, oh man, you can't get any more excited as a Purdue fan than to see that schedule. Hey, and we're two weeks away from that. We are two weeks away from the start of that. Absolutely. Anyways, the it doesn't slow down though, fans. It no. does not slow down because the next game on the schedule is Louisville on 11-28. This is at Mackey Arena. This is pretty much the first big game for Purdue at home this season. Uh, Louisville is currently 16th in the Ken Palm, second in ACC power rankings, and another top 20 opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that this was, first of all, great matching uh, by the um, ACC Big Ten conferences to get it right, to actually match us up against a team uh, that we should for the Big Ten ACC challenge. Um, but I, 
I tend to think that Purdue is going to win this game. Purdue always plays well in Mackey. You know that that crowd is going to be full, no doubt about it. Oh, that, yeah. That stadium is going to be rocking. It's going to be the first time that the new video board will be seen in front of a full uh, fan base. I think that that's a Purdue win. It won't be easy because Louisville is athletic, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Louisville will struggle this year on the road just after the big summer that they had with uh, Rick Pitino and all the allegations. They are just going to get absolutely reamed on the road. (laughs) And I know Purdue fans are going to show up and they're going to make fun of them. Hopefully we keep it pretty classy. I don't know. I hope. Um, (laughs) But I see this as a Purdue win. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you just said there. Um, I love the matchup. We played them last year, and it was really good. Um, it's a good game. Ended up losing, but it was at their place. It was at their place. So we're having them here. We're hosting them Mackey. Mackey, in my opinion, is one of the most, and this might be biased, uh, the most underrated college basketball arenas in the country. I mean, when you go there, that place is rocking. They don't lose many games at home ever. Um, it's just a great, it's just a great environment, uh, to be the home team. So I think they take care of business and, and to be honest, I think they take care of business pretty easily. Not, not a blowout, but by a comfortable margin. I I don't know if I'll say that yet. I don't know if I'm willing to say we're going to blow them out, but I hope, I hope. And uh, to your point about, uh, Mackey being underrated, I think Purdue's basketball program as a whole is underrated. Yeah. I don't. I don't think if you would ask most people, they would believe you if you asked them, uh, well, who do you think has the most uh, Big Ten championships in the Big Ten? Well, who would you guess? IU, Michigan. Michigan State. Michigan State. Well, no, that's Purdue. We have the most. And I don't think a lot of people know that because IU has their banners, and they let us know that every time. Um, But I digress. Anyways... So I think Louisville's a win. That's going to be exciting. I will definitely be at that game. Um, But the next game on the schedule is versus Valparaiso on 12-7, December 7th. Um, You know, Valpo's not a terrible team. It's not a terrible non-conference game. The past few years, they were tournament teams. I don't know how good they are this year. I think they lost some guys, and I don't think they have quite the talent coming back. But you know what? It's an Indiana team, and we play a lot of Indiana teams this year, and I think this is going to get us uh, off on the right path to start our dominance of uh, beating the IU, uh, Indiana teams this year. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Valpo, to their credit, very small school um, and a pretty good program, actually. Pretty good program over the past few years. Um, probably will still be a tournament team this year, I would I would imagine. Um but yeah, I think Purdue takes care of business here. It, not super easily, but pretty easily. Um, and yeah, it starts off on the right foot. And I agree with you this year. Uh, I think Purdue's got a chance to beat all the Indiana teams that they play this year uh, because I just think they're that good of a team this year. And the competition is maybe a little bit down than past years. Yep. Um, anyways, that perfect analysis right there. Anyways, the next game on the docket is versus Butler for the Indiana Crossroads Classic. Uh, typically, Purdue is very bad in this. We yeah. got our first win in it last year, and I believe it's the sixth year that it's been running. 
Purdue finally got a win against Notre Dame. This year we play Butler. Uh, Butler's 42nd in Ken Palm's, Ken Palm's rankings and 6th uh, in the Big East power rankings. So, again, they're a little bit down compared to what we usually expect from Butler. But Butler always plays fundamental basketball. They're always going to be tough. I do think Purdue comes out with a win, but I think it's going to be a close game because for some reason we just perform terribly in Banker's life. Yeah, they, they can't play there. I mean, <laughs> it's been proven. We won last year, but last year's team was really good. Uh, I think it'll be a tough lot game, obviously, like you said. Uh, the crowd's going to be pretty mixed. I still think there's going to be a lot of Butler fans there. And I'm not sure if this is the first game or the second game on that docket for that day. But if we're the first game, you know all the IU fans are going to show up there and, and boo us, plus the Butler fans. So it's going to be a little bit of a rough environment there. It always is for Purdue, but um, I, st- I still think we, c- we can come out with a win at that one. Yeah, it, and I, I agree that it'll be a win. It'll be a fun game, but man, this non this non, I can't get over it. This non-conference schedule is just so amazing. Yeah, we you, only you name six have, teams that that suck. <laughs> right, we're, we only have six games that are basically throwaways, and you should win by twenty or thirty points in every single game. But there are seven fantastic, fantastic games, which brings us to what we think they'll actually do. Um, so now our predictions for the overall record and what we think will happen. <clears throat> so I'll go first. My prediction for the non-conference schedule is that Purdue will go 11-2. and two. I think they will unfortunately lose to Nova in the battle for Atlantis. And then they will lose one more game between either Marquette or Butler. Besides that, I think they went out. And eleven and two, you're gonna feel pretty good, especially if you lose to the teams that I said. I, I I just think between Marquette and Butler, those are two very scary games, and I think Purdue loses one of them. Um, what do you think? Uh, I eleven and two is not bad, but I'm gonna have to knock them down a peg and go ten and three. Um, I feel like every non-conference that ends up happening to us, we lose a game that we shouldn't. Um, now that doesn't mean it's going to be one of those first six teams you mentioned that are, you know, locks for wins, but a game like one of the Tennessees, or we could lose Valpo, Louisville, and Butler. Um, It just always seems to happen every year, and there's nothing that this year says to me that makes me think any different. Although the overall season outlook, I I am more positive than that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Yeah, and... I, I got to be honest with you. When I was going through the non-conference schedule, or before I had gone through it and looked at each of these teams, I did not expect to put them at eleven and two. But just how the schedule plays out, where those home games are, I just feel a lot better than uh, about the team and its outlook than I did before I did this prediction podcast. So. I'm feeling good at 11 and 2 and I think they're going to stay ranked. I know I've said before yeah. that I thought they could <laughs> drop out of the rankings in the non-conference schedule. And if you look at the the slate of games, that's a that's still a very good possibility. Absolutely. But but I think this team is better than I think they are right now. So I'm sticking with my 11 and 2 and we'll see what happens. I um, would say one quick thing that, can, that I think will help this team throughout the entire season and definitely through some of these games that we say, oh, they should win, or when I'm saying, hey, they drop games that they shouldn't, 
um, is the amount of basketball they've played together throughout the summer, or just how much basketball the players individually and together have played together. It's insane. They've been playing all summer. Um, I think it's going to help them throughout this season, though. Yeah, that that absolutely can't be forgotten, and I'm glad you mentioned it. They played seven or seven or eight games in the World University games. They only lost one game in the finals to a. From what I uh, understand, I watched the game, but apparently all those guys were professionals. So while I still would have liked to won gold, Purdue played very well in that tournament. They represented the United States well, and you cannot take away that kind of uh uh experience from them because that's no. eight extra games that's yeah. eight extra games and not only that but you get those eight extra games in the summer and then you get to come back for a month and a half and and fix anything that's wrong which that, is just a beautiful thing and the freshmen get to play i mean that's huge that i think that's bigger than anything is that the freshmen are getting meshed in with this new team um over the summer i mean you no one else has that coming into this yeah. year. Nobody else has that. So I think that's huge. That'll maybe fix a lot of these early games that these, you know, weak teams, I think those will be a breeze, especially because of this. We're not going to see any struggle early on because they've had that experience with each other, which you can't, you can't put a price on that. It's amazing. Absolutely right. Which brings us to, that was a good segue, by the way. <laughs> uh, that br- Thank you for listening to the Jack and Jock Show, part one, where we discuss Purdue's non-conference schedule. Tune in tomorrow evening, and you can hear more about uh, specific uh, predictions about what will happen with each of Purdue's players, as well as our overall predictions for where Purdue will go in the tournament and where they will end up ranked. So listen in tomorrow. See you guys. (laughs) 